Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Friends, we're about to start a story that's going to continue for three chapters. And I want to set this up a little bit. It's about a Levite and his concubine, and the concubine is sadly raped to death. But she's killed by a group from Benjamin, and specifically from a city named Gibeah in Benjamin. Now, this is going to go on for three chapters. But the first king of Israel is going to be Saul, and it comes out that he is from Gibeah in Benjamin. Now, this is not reflected in the story. He hadn't been born yet during this story. But this is the place he came from. Israel's first king, Saul, uh, his hometown was this uh, this wicked city, Gibeah, where these events unfold. So just kind of keep that in mind as we're reading now. Judges chapter 19. In those days, Israel had no king. Now a Levite who lived in a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim took a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. But she was unfaithful to him. She left him and went back to her parents' home in Bethlehem, Judah. After she had been there for four months, her husband went to her to persuade her to return. He had with him his servant and two donkeys. She took him into her parents' home, and when her father saw him, he gladly welcomed him. His father-in-law, the woman's father, prevailed on him to stay, so he remained with him for three days, eating and drinking and sleeping there. On the fourth day, they got up early, and he prepared to leave. But the woman's father said to his son-in-law, Refresh yourself with something to eat, then you can go. So the two of them sat down to eat and drink together, and afterward the woman's father said, Please stay tonight and enjoy yourself. When the man got up to go, his father-in-law persuaded him, so he stayed another night. On the morning of the fifth day, when he rose up to go, the woman's father said, Refresh yourself. Wait until afternoon. So the two of them ate together. Then, when the man with his concubine and his servant got up to leave, his father-in-law, the woman's father, said, Now look, it's almost evening. Spend the night here. The day is nearly over. Stay and enjoy yourself. Early tomorrow morning you can get up and be on your way home. But, unwilling to stay another night, the man left and went toward Jabus, that is, Jerusalem, with his two saddled donkeys and his concubine. When they were near Jabus, and the day was almost gone, the servant said to his master, Come, let's stop at this city of the Jebusites and spend the night. His master replied, No, we won't go to any city whose people are not Israelites. We'll go on to Gibeah. He added, Come, let's try to reach Gibeah, or Ramah, and spend the night in one of those places. So they went on, and the sun set as they neared Gibeah in Benjamin. There they stopped to spend the night. They went and sat in the city square, but no one took them in for the night. That evening, an old man from the hill country of Ephraim, who was living in Gibeah, the inhabitants of the place were Benjamites, he came in from his work in the fields, and when he looked and saw the traveler in the city square, the old man asked, Where are you going? Where did you come from? He answered, We're on our way from Bethlehem in Judah, to a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim where I live. I've been to Bethlehem in Judah, and now I'm going to the house of the Lord. No one has taken me in for the night. 
We have both straw and fodder for our donkeys, and bread and wine for ourselves, your servants, me, the woman, and the young man who's with us. We don't need anything. You're welcome to stay at my house, the old man said. Let me supply whatever you need, only don't spend the night in the square. So he took them into his house and fed his donkeys, and after they had washed their feet, they had something to eat and something to drink. While they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city surrounded the house. Pounding on the door, they shouted to the old man who owned the house, Bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. The owner of the house went outside and said to them, No, my friends, don't be so vile. Since this man is my guest, don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here's my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now, and you can use them and do to them whatever you wish. But as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine and set her outside to them, and they raped her and abused her throughout the night, and at dawn they let her go. At daybreak, the woman went back to the house where her master was staying, fell down at the door, and lay there until daylight. When her master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way, there lay his concubine, fallen in the doorway of the house, with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Get up, let's go. But there was no answer. Then the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine limb by limb into twelve parts, and he sent them into all the areas of Israel. Everyone who saw it was saying to one another, Such a thing has never been seen or done, not since the day the Israelites came up out of Egypt. Just imagine, we must do something, so speak up. Now, friends, this is a, a horrible situation, but let me just back up and talk about some of the social customs that were contained in this chapter. So first, this man had a concubine, and the, the chapter refers to uh, the man as her husband and the concubine's father as his father-in-law. And so in those days, we, we often think a concubine is nothing less than a prostitute when you see that word, because we don't have a similar status in our culture. But a concubine had legal rights. A concubine was less than a wife, but much more than a prostitute. A concubine was part of your household. Uh, she was a permanent part of your household. As I said, she had rights, not the same rights as a wife, but much more than a, a servant or a slave or, or a prostitute. She was um, uh, someone who was considered part of the family. And so this Levite, we don't know whether he had other wives or whatever his situation was, but he took this concubine and apparently she ran off from him and was unfaithful and made her way back to her parents' home. So the husband missed her and went to persuade her to come home. Uh, he goes to the, the father-in-law's house and stays around eating and drinking for, for five days, and then he starts on his way home. So he passes by Jabus, the city of Jabus, which at that time was not um, a Jewish city, he passed it specifically not wanting to spend the night there because they weren't Jews. He said, no, let me find a good Jewish town. And so he makes his way to Gibeah of the tribe of Benjamin. These were Jewish people. 
He was a Jewish man. He was a Levite of the tribe of Levi. And so he goes and stays in this this man's house. And then a, a scene ensues that sounds a lot like Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, while they're in the in the house, it says the wicked men of the city surrounded the house, pounding on the door, and they shouted to the old man who owned the house, bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. So they were going to have homosexual rape of this man who was the house guest. Now, that in itself is um, is a terrible situation. But oddly, oddly to us culturally, the man who was the host offered his daughter and the concubine, the man's concubine, as a substitute uh, to the men that were outside the house and said, you know, you can you can do whatever you want to with these girls, but don't do anything to the man. Now, under their laws of hospitality, this Levite had taken refuge in the man's home. And so the man felt um, culturally bound to protect the man. But oddly to us, he felt no such um, compulsion to protect the women. And so the concubine was sent out to these um, uh, vicious men and gang raped all through the night and um, mistreated. We don't know what was done, but it resulted in her death. She made it back home to the house and fell in the doorway and died. And so the man got up, he put her dead body on his donkey and, and traveled home. In verse 29, we read this, and this is the, the really bizarre ending to this chapter. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine limb by limb. He dismembered this lady's body. He cut her into 12 parts, and he sent them to all the areas of Israel. You remember there were 12 tribes in Israel. So every tribe, every tribal leader, we must assume, uh, was shipped a body part from this dead concubine. And so in verse 30, everyone who saw it was saying to one another, such a thing has never been seen or done, not since the day the Israelites came up out of Egypt. Just imagine something must be done. So speak up. So this was a horrible, horrible thing that took place, the the rape and murder of the concubine. But then this Levite unthinkably dismembered her body, cutting her into 12 parts and sending the parts to the 12 tribes along with a message of what had happened. And so this story is going to continue in the next chapter. But now I want to, I want to step back again. It takes place in Saul's hometown, as I mentioned, in Gibeah of Benjamin. Now Saul is going to be the first king of Israel. So this this will stand as a background for when we get to 1 Samuel, and uh, Samuel names Saul the king of Israel. But this, this concubine uh, was cut into 12 pieces and distributed to the 12 tribes. When Samuel calls Saul to be the king of Israel, in 1 Samuel chapter 11, Saul cuts his oxen into 12 pieces and sends them to the 12 tribes. In other words, he imitates this episode of cutting up the concubine, but Saul, thank God, doesn't cut up a woman. He cuts up his oxen and he sends the 12 pieces to rally the tribes of Israel. And as we're going to see, as we continue this narrative in Judges, the 12 tribes were incensed, or the 11 tribes um, that were not the tribe of Benjamin were furious at the tribe of Benjamin. They all rally for war. And Saul was later used uh, used a similar method to rally the tribes of Israel for war. Just kind of file that away, and I'll talk about it again when we get to 1 Samuel. But Lord, we recognize that the culture 
of many of the stories in the Bible is not our culture. Lord, um, this horrific story of raping this poor woman to death is, is horrible in any culture, horrible in any time, horrible in any situation. But Lord, we recognize that sexual sin and sexual abuse and rape and even murder are common in our day as well. God, um, forgive us. Have mercy on us. Help us, Lord, to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. We submit ourselves and we remind you, God, without Jesus, there's no hope for our world. There's no hope for our nation, no hope for our cities. Without Jesus, Lord, um, man is very debased and capable of many horrible things. Lord, we pray for you to move among our, our friends, our family, our nation, the nations of the world. We need you, Jesus. We pray now in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.